How are you today? I'm still enjoying that last moment where the Holy Spirit was really ministering to the body. I don't, um, I know we don't take those moments lightly, amen? God's touching lives. The Holy Spirit is setting people free. Uh, I'm gonna ask you guys for something today uh, for your attention, your notes, your Bibles, and let's just let the Holy Spirit kind of continue what he began in that. And so I'm actually gonna ask the production team a favor that I, I just would like, if that's okay. I'd like to turn the clock off, is that okay? Today, because I'm not sure exactly how this is gonna end itself up. If you have to leave at some point, which I'm sure all of you do, you have work tomorrow and lives to get on, I get that. Um, I'm just, it's kind of a joke. Um, I will, I just wanna share, is that okay? And not worry about that. And if you, if you have to go to work or something, no one's gonna judge you or anything. Um, but sometimes that clock becomes a distraction for myself and for everybody else. And um, when God's doing something, you just want to honor that and respect it, right? Um, and so I just want to do that today. And we're in a series on the Holy Spirit, and you're like, oh, of course they're going to be like this. We're in a series of the Holy Spirit. Well, here's what happens. When you teach on something, faith, faith rises in that area. And when you teach on something, God responds to his word. Amen. And so obviously when you begin to teach on the moving of the Spirit, and you begin to open your hearts up to that, you're going to begin to see that manifest. God sends his word with signs following. And so I am expectant of God to continue to interrupt our services because this isn't just a series, this is a way of life. This is about revelation in an area that we as the believers have access and have received this relationship with the Holy Spirit, which is God with us, God speaking, God leading, God guiding. I love how we say God interrupts the plan. He never interrupts his own plan. He interrupts our plans. He has a plan. And the key is to jump and join into his plan. Amen? And so um, in speaking of the Holy Spirit, when you authentically share and lead people in discussions on the Holy Spirit, um, some might get nervous. Like, oh boy, is this church going to turn into some weirdo thing? Um, what's going to happen if you teach on the Holy Spirit? Here's what's going to happen. The Holy Spirit's going to point you to Jesus. Amen? He's not going to point you just to gifts. He's not going to just point you to demonstration. The gifts and the demonstration will help you see Jesus, will help guide you and lead you into greater relationship with Jesus. And so when, you, when the Holy Spirit's moving in an appropriate way, when he's moving personally, things get healthy, not unhealthy. Amen? So you never have to be afraid of leaning into the things of the Holy Spirit, of leaning into the things of God. So if you'll open your hearts up and let's just get into another deep dive in the conversation of the Holy Spirit. My spirit feels a little like reserved like this just for a moment, um, but I think it's because I have a great anticipation about what's about to take place, okay? And I'm trying to contain myself for a minute so that I can get into a position to release it to you. John chapter 7. Let's go right into the scripture, into John chapter 7. Let's open that up. That's our foundational verse uh, for this series, John chapter 7. And we're going to look in verse 37. Today I want to talk to you about being led by the Holy Spirit, being led by the Holy Spirit. John chapter 7, verse 37. Have you found it in your Bibles? Jesus speaking, on the last day, the climax of the festival, Jesus stood and he shouted to the crowds, anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Because the Holy Spirit, we are baptized from Jesus. Do you understand that? He is the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. Pastors, leaders, human beings do not baptize people in the Holy Spirit. Jesus, God himself, releases and fills you with himself in the person of the Holy Spirit. 
The Holy Spirit is not someone that is given to the Assemblies of God Church or the Pentecostal Church and then we release that as a, as a uniqueness to ourselves. The Holy Spirit comes into our lives through Jesus who loved us enough to die for us and who didn't just want to forgive you of sin, but he wanted to make sure you had everything you needed for life and godliness. He wanted to make sure that you had his help in the helper to become the fullness of what he paid for you to become. Somebody say amen. So you aren't making yourself the fullness, he's making you. You're being led into that fullness. You're being taught and helped into that fullness. So sometimes we get discouraged by the, what we see because we still see some things in our lives that need to change. You keep leaning into the spirit of God. You keep leaning into his help. He will get you there. But it's not about you striving. It's about you being led by the spirit. John chapter seven, let's jump back into that. Anyone who may come to me, anyone who believes may come to me and drink for the scriptures declare rivers, say rivers of living water will flow from your innermost being or your heart. Rivers of living, there's life flowing out of us. And we have the ability to release that life. Last week I talked about opening that valve and releasing that life, that life uh, can be released into your home, can be released into your finances, into the jobs that you go into, into the world, which is like the Dead Sea. And everywhere we go, we can release that life from us and make dead things live again. We're not supposed to be afraid of death. We're not supposed to be afraid of death in our own life, but we're, not, we're supposed to also not supposed to be afraid of death that we see around us because we have life and the life that comes out of us brings dead things to life. Too many times Christians, like we hide from the dead things. We wanna get removed from the, 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 the office or the factory or the, the school that is lost because, oh, I wanna go work with, with only Christians. But yet you have life, resurrection life in you and God has planted you in that assignment to turn something dead into something alive. Are you understanding? We've lost confidence in who we are. We've lost understanding in who we are and our assignment. And we run away from dead things, trying to hide from dead things. But yet life comes from us and dead things resurrect. Dead things come to life. You know, when, when, uh, when, um, when in the Old Testament, those with leprosy and those with sickness, if they would touch somebody uh, that wasn't sick, the sick person's uncleanness would make the healthy person ceremonially unclean. And so that's why they would stay away from sickness, like pestilence, fa uh, uh, leprosy, they would stay away from those things because if they got touched, they would be made unclean. But in steps Jesus, who by the way, you're the body of Christ. And now when that which is unclean touched the Lord, his cleanness makes them whole. So he was never afraid to be touched by a leper because the leprosy was overcome by the life coming out of him. So don't be afraid to be around dead things because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Don't be afraid to be around tough, difficult, dark things. You're the body of Christ. You're the salt. You're the light. If we lose our saltiness, we're good for nothing but being trampled upon. But we are meant to be sent to preserve this world which is dead and decaying. We've been meant to be sent to be lights in the dark places. Amen. Amen. There's a river, rivers of life flowing out of you. 
The Bible says in verse six that, um, sorry, I just missed it. Uh, When he said living water, he was speaking of the Spirit, capital S, that's the Holy Spirit, who would be given to everyone believing in him, but the Spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not not yet entered into glory. But now he has, and the Spirit has been given, given, and now we must receive. It's a, he is a gift given to us by grace, given, not earned. Somebody say, not earned. You don't earn the Holy Spirit. He qualifies you. He cleanses you to receive. He's the giver of those good gifts, and you, by faith, receive. That's simple. Today, I want to talk to you about being led by the Holy Spirit. Last week, I talked to you about that same power that raised Jesus from the dead is working in you, on you, and through you. But today I wanna talk to you about being led by the Holy Spirit. While we were in worship today, I kinda got a revelation of this in particular message and why it's so important. Because we are led by the Spirit from Him speaking to us. That's how we're led. The Holy Spirit is sent into our lives to speak to you. We have a God who speaks. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. God is a speaking God. Amen. Amen. Our God wants to communicate with us, and that speaks of relationship, not dead religion. It speaks of relationship because there's a two-way communication. Some people look at us and say, you believe that God's talking to you? They think that makes us nuts. Why would you serve a God that doesn't talk? How do you serve a God that doesn't let you know if you're on the right track or isn't engaged in your life or gives you no advice on how to be successful and you're just sacrificing and you're living and you're giving with no response? That's not a relationship, that's religion. Going through ceremonies, going through tradition, but not having conversation. You understand all relationships depend on communication. And being led by the Spirit of God is a journey of the voice of God speaking to our lives. So you say, how are you led by the Spirit? God's going to lead you by speaking to you. He's going to speak to you in multiple ways, which I'll go through today as the Holy Spirit leads us on this. I will, at the end, I will remind you of this, but I will elevate this first and foremost before we get into the conversation. The first and foremost way that the Holy Spirit speaks to you is through the Word of God. I'll get into some of the other ways, but may God's word always be the filter. So whatever someone says to you or whatever you think you heard, always judge it by the word so that you know, because God will not violate his word. God will not contradict his word. So if you hear something, whether it's internal or external, that is not according to the word of God, throw it away. But if it is according to the word of God, take it. Even if circumstances don't line up yet, they will because God releases his word and then circumstances follow. But I want you to hear why is this conversation such a big deal? Why is there such a, a lack of knowledge in this area about being spoken to from God and led by God and things? And I really believe it's, it's, this, it's, this, it's this attack of the enemy to separate people from the voice of God. Because if you have the voice of God speaking into your life, you'll be able to have the dominion God meant you to have in life. 
because you'll hear his voice speaking to you about your identity, which means the devil can't lie to you. You'll know how to build and to cultivate the earth the way it's supposed to be built, not in the flesh, not in your own mind alone, but with God's mind on how to build successfully. You'll be able to avoid pitfalls and all these things. So this conversation about being led by the Holy Spirit is so important. And please do not think that being led by the Holy Spirit is just for church services alone. Being led by the Holy Spirit is about your life, your calling, your ministries in this world, which ministry to your wife, ministry to your husband, ministry to your children, ministry in the school that you work in, ministry to Orlando, ministry to the United States. We are servants of God to this generation. And let the voice of God lead you. Do you realize back in Genesis chapter 3, we lost the voice of God. We lost dominion and we lost the voice of God. When we sinned and we gave it over to the devil, the Bible says that God said, let, let us make man in our own image. Let them have dominion, Genesis chapter 2 and 3, right? And we lost that because we submitted our dominion to the enemy, who then he became the God of this world. But years, a while, while, years ago, the Lord spoke something to me about something else we lost besides dominion, and it was access to the voice of God. I said, what do you mean by that? And he said, go back to the King James. Sometimes the King James gives us a little clarity on something. We look at it like, oh, that's the King Jimmy. I don't want to read that. Look, there's some things in there that are good, and there's some language in there that's helpful, right? And so it's interesting because when they fell in the garden, and, they, and then Adam and Eve ran from God. Do you remember this part of the story? They ran from God. The line in there, I think it's Genesis 3, the line in there says, they heard the voice of God walking through the garden. They heard the voice of God walking through the garden. Throughout the scriptures, the voice of God is the Holy Spirit of God. And they ran from the Holy Spirit. They ran from the voice of God speaking. Because see, they would have daily encounters and daily walking with the voice of God. Why? Because the voice of God, the Holy Spirit, was going to help them with their dominion, with the expansion of that garden, with their assignment. And so they were separated from God, they were separated in their sin, they lost their dominion, but they also lost access to that voice of God. So now for the rest of their existence, they're cultivating by the sweat of their brow, by their own limited humanness. Are you understanding? They're working the ground with their own strength and their own might. They lost that connection with the Holy Spirit until Acts chapter two. So you see redemption and the work of Jesus and restoring man back to relationship, back to where they were in the garden, makes sense that the next act is the baptism and the bringing back of the voice of God into the life of the believer so they can be who God has called them to be. Are you understanding that? Amen. As far as we know, God in heaven and Jesus in heaven and we know that the Holy Spirit was upon the earth. That's why I say I believe it was the Holy Spirit himself, which we know the Spirit of God is the, is the presence of God. But I just specifically love that phrase, the voice of God. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 8, verse 14. Open your Bibles to Romans 8, verse 14. Romans 8, verse 14. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. This is our portion. Are you a child of God? Then there is a promise for you to be led by his spirit, to be led by his Holy Spirit. God wants to speak to you, my friend. Some translations, this translation says that 
for all who are led by God are the Spirit of God. Another translation says all who are children of God are led by the Spirit of God. It's the same thing. All who are the children of God are led by the children of God. We are meant to be led by the Spirit of God. His voice speaking to us, assisting us, helping us, guiding us. It's one of our promises. John chapter 16. John chapter 16. Let's just keep giving you some scripture. John chapter 16. Let's look at verse 13. John chapter 16, verse 13. When the Spirit of Truth, that's the Holy Spirit, capital S, comes, He will guide you. He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak of His own. He will tell you what He has heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory. Remember we talked about Jesus, the Holy Spirit bringing Jesus glory. By telling you whatever he receives from me, all that belongs to the Father is mine, goes to Jesus. This is why I said the Spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. Say the Holy Spirit will guide you. The Holy Spirit will guide you into all truth. Hallelujah. Think about that. You cannot be deceived. Isn't that great? Because the devil wants to deceive you. The spirit of this age wants to deceive you. There's all kinds of information coming towards you and your decision-making is your seeds to your harvest. Your decision-making and your planning, your ability to get right information and make right decisions is linked to your success. And the Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you into all truth. Not just truth about the Bible, but truth. Truth, the spirit of truth. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. We need the spirit of truth to hit this country again. We need the spirit of truth to hit our generation again. Do you know we are bound up with so many lies? Lies about what makes you attractive. Lies about what makes you fulfilled. Lies about what's right and what's wrong. Lies, the father of lies. About what to point your life after and to run after. Lies, lies, lies. So many marriages are broken down because we believe a lie. A lie comes in and we begin to tell ourselves that narrative and we begin to accept that lie. Or our children begin to leave a lie, believe a lie about themselves. Truth. The spirit of truth. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth and he will lead you into all truth. That's why sometimes when the work of the Holy Spirit begins to come into a church, it can, it can create a lot of exposing of stuff. but sometimes you have to expose the infection in order to bring the medication. You have to expose, that's all healing. That's all part of the leading, amen. Ignoring things and not dealing with it and pretending like everything's okay. That's not revival. Revival is seeing it, letting God minister to it, bring truth to it, and now the truth has made you free and you can enjoy that freedom because you're not hiding anymore from your wife, you're not hiding from your children, you're not hiding in this life. The devil has nothing in you. Like Jesus said, the devil wants to take me, but he has nothing in me. How about living a life like that? But there's nothing in us for the devil to steal, kill, and destroy. There's no doors. There's no unspoken, hidden things that we're worried that somebody's going to see. Are you understanding this? That doesn't mean you don't make mistakes, but then the moment you make mistakes, you run to the Father and you let him take care of that. And if we have to go confess before somebody because we violated or hurt something in their life, we don't hide that. And we say, yes, I did that. I was wrong. Forgive me. And let the truth make you free and strong. 
That's a spirit-filled, spirit-led church. A spirit-filled, spirit-led church isn't just a church that speaks in tongues, isn't just a church that dances in the spirit, isn't just a church that prophesies. A church that is led by the spirit will be led into all truth. We'll be truthful with each other, truthful with ourselves. Come on now, truthful. Amen, so that it can sustain itself, a sustained move of God. Nothing hidden, nothing hidden. And sometimes that's uncomfortable for a while. Isn't that good? Yes. Hallelujah, Jesus. The sons and daughters of God are led by the Spirit of God. And the Spirit of God will lead you into all truth. Lead you into all truth. So God, right now I pray you speak the truth to us today. Speak the truth to us today in love, which you always will. But God, we, we are listening. Speak the truth to us personally. Speak the truth to us about, about us. And Lord, even at work and things like that, teach us to sift through lies. Teach us to sift through reports and, and documents that can be, that can be manipulated and, and people come to manipulate our emotions and stuff. God, I speak over this house that God, they are, they are protected from deception. That God, there is a discerning of spirits that awakens in this place, in their homes as moms and dads trying to lead and, and shepherd their children. That God, the devil cannot lie. The devil cannot, cannot, cannot hide some plan that he has over our children. God, it is exposed. Lord, I thank you that there is a spirit, there is an anointing to know truth, to speak truth, to see truth in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. name. You know, this whole idea of being led by the Holy Spirit is not a New Testament idea. I want us to see that because it didn't just start in the day of Pentecost. The Bible tells us in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 21, for prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, which means we didn't come up with this speaking from the Spirit of God or being led by the Spirit of God. It wasn't them willing it, God came upon man. But holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. See, in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit would come upon and move them to write something, would move them to say something, would move them to do something. Are you taking notes on this? Move them to sing something, move them to demonstrate something or illustrate something that God was doing. The Spirit of God initiate would come to them. They They didn't will it themselves. This was God. Moving, which I love this because when you see that the Holy Spirit comes towards us, I want you to see that we're not begging God to speak to us. We're not trying to get God to lead us. This is the nature of God. This is the desire of God to be among his people, to, like the garden, to be with you daily, not every once in a while. Are you understanding this? To, to lead you, to speak through you, to, to guide your actions, to give you anointed ideas and, and to come upon you and move upon you to speak to move upon you to do, to move upon you to write, and you're being led by him. God is excited about leading your life. That's why we don't have to make it, work it up, or get him to do it, because he's not like the idols of Baal, that the prophets had to cut themselves and make themselves try to plead with their God to listen to them. Your God is fully focused on you, fully engaged in your life, excited to speak to you and to lead you and to guide you. 
But this has been happening since the Old Testament. God would move upon men and women to do something, to say something, to write something, to speak something, and to declare something that hadn't happened yet. But God was letting them know it was coming so that when it came, they knew it was God. So he's been doing it all the way through. You want to know what makes it special in the New Testament? Is it's not limited to one or two, three groups of people, but his spirit is poured out on all flesh. That Holy Spirit resides on the inside of each and every one of us. Amen. Who will receive him. So he can lead you and guide you. Amen. Speak through you. In Deuteronomy chapter 5, there's this interesting story. Go ahead and go there if you would. Deuteronomy chapter 5, there's this interesting story. So there's this tension, right? This desire for people want to hear God talk to them. But then this fear of hearing God at the same time. You know, all the way back in the garden, when we lost the voice of God and we lost that relationship with God, what did we do? We hid from him because of our sin, because of our nakedness. But you know what? Jesus has cleansed you from your sin. And you are not standing there naked before God. You are clothed in robes of righteousness. Amen? You are in royal robes. You don't have to cover yourself from God anymore. Amen? He has dressed you. But there's this desire. It's like we want to hear from God, but we're afraid of what he has to say. That's <laughs> why people never want to go to a some of a, like a genuine prophetic ministry line. <laughs> you know, we want to hear what God says about everybody else, but we're like, I don't think I want to get up there because what is God going to say about me? He's going to expose me in front of everybody. Right? Maybe not you, but somebody else. <laughs> and so we like to watch other people get a word from God, but we won't go up. I'm just trying to encourage you today. You don't have to be afraid of what God's going to speak to you. That spirit of fear is separating you from that God who loves you and wants to speak over your life. God isn't trying to expose you. God's always trying to help us. God's all, even if he did bring up an issue in our life, first of all, he will do it in a way that is filled with his love. And he's not bringing it up to you to humiliate you, but to help you know this is the thing that's keeping you back from what you really want. He's not trying to take away your fun. He's trying to take away the thing that's keeping you from your fullness. And you want to know what's fun? Living in fullness. Without regrets. Without hiding. Amen? And so there's a story here in Deuteronomy. I think it starts in 22. Where God is speaking and the people of Israel are hearing him themselves. You may not realize this, but the children of Israel actually did hear God speak. And he thundered from the mountain and Moses was receiving the Ten Commandments. And, but when they heard it, they were so afraid. They were so afraid. It goes from uh, Deuteronomy 22 all the way down through 28. You can read it at some point. They were so afraid of the voice of God. They basically looked at Moses and said, Moses, we don't want to hear God anymore. You hear him. And you just tell us what he has to say. Because they were afraid of their doing something wrong and getting judged in the presence of God. And at that time, there was some wisdom in that because they were constantly doing something wrong. And they hadn't, they hadn't received Jesus like we have. 
What am I trying to say? Don't delegate to somebody else to hear from God for you anymore. You don't have to do that like the Old Testament. You understand? Yes, God raises up prophets. God raises up that gift is still in manifestation. But don't delegate your personal ability to hear from God because you're afraid of being exposed or because you don't feel worthy or you're going to do something wrong. You are in Christ. Are you understanding? And so don't, don't delegate or give away the voice of God into somebody else. You read that Bible, let it talk to you. You get in your prayer closet, let God talk to you. You can hear God. You're meant to hear God. Why? Because it's relationship. You're meant to hear the voice of your God. Not just serve him, but commune with him, communicate with him. And there's constant communication going both ways. But too many times we still live in this Old Testament reality where we're like, I don't want to hear him. I don't want to know what he's thinking. Yes, you do. See, because that's a lie. Remember the spirit of truth? That's a lie. I don't want to know what God's thinking. Why? Because you're afraid of what he's going to say. What he's going to say is going to bring you life. What he's going to say is going to bring you victory. What he's going to say is going to bring some sort of breakthrough. There's a lie in there that says to hear God truthfully is somehow going to harm you. The only way it would have harmed us at all was if in our sin, we were in his presence and we couldn't stand, right? But that's been taken care of. Now we can go boldly into the throne of grace. We don't realize the full extent of what forgiveness of our sin and redemption, yeah, that's a churchy word, but it's a great word. What it means. Like what if we, we, we recently watched... Uh, Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Anyone ever seen Indiana Jones Raiders of the Lost Ark? Raise your hand if you've seen it. I just want you to raise your hand so that I don't feel guilty that I saw it. Okay? So now you all saw it too. Okay, good. Um, there was this fear of like, what, what would happen if you touched the Ark of the Covenant today? If you found it, if you opened it, you know, blah, 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 blah. You want to know what happened if the ark was here on the earth? I don't even know if it is here on the earth. We don't even know. Some people think it's heaven. Some people think it's in Ethiopia. I don't know. But listen, what would happen if you today would touch the ark? My personal opinion on what would happen? Nothing. Because you've been made righteous. You are a king and priest. Are you understanding that? This, this is what I'm trying to help you see. You don't have to be afraid of the voice of God in your life. Because you are now the body of Christ. You can't be made more worthy or more ready to hear the voice of God and be led by the Spirit of God. Is this blessing you at all? Is this blessing you at all? So the Holy Spirit speaks to us. Let's start with his word. You read it, and it begins to jump off the page. All of a sudden, it relates to something you're going through. There's a Bible story, and you see God come through in someone's life. Maybe they're surrounded by enemies, and right now you feel surrounded by enemies. And you see in that story how God was faithful to them, and how that person took that need and laid it out before God. God's telling you what to do. He's saying, take your need and lay it out before me and I'll take care of the enemies. But if we don't see us reading those stories or remembering those stories, what will happen is the word of God will, will be quickened 
to your spirit, a Bible story will come to the forefront. I'm not on my notes right now. I'm I'm kind of all over the place. So just write down whatever you want to write down. (laughs) But Jesus said when the Holy Spirit comes, he will remind you of everything I told you. Okay? And so that's why it's your responsibility to spend time in God's word on a consistent basis. Write this down. Your brain is like a bank, like a little piggy bank. And what you put in is what the Holy Spirit will withdraw when you need it. But if you fail to put anything in, he can't remind you of it. That's why sitting in church services like this, you may think today, eh, this is good, whatever. But you know what? Let's say six weeks from now, something happens and this message and my voice is going to come back into your ear. And this message that you were like, oh, not a big deal, all of a sudden becomes the solution and the answer. That's God bringing his word back to your remembrance. And then there's an anointing on it for you to say yes to it and obey what it's saying. Do you understand that? So we first and foremost say we will be diligent to read God's word and store it in our heart on a daily basis. Somebody say amen. Amen. We love his word. And his word doesn't work through osmosis. You don't just lay your head on top of it and hope that the information gets in and they haven't yet designed the chip yet that you can just put a hard drive into your brain and download it. It takes reading it, say reading it. It takes meditating on it. That means thinking about it, taking notes while you read, underlining things, letting God speak to you in that moment. That's the first place we start with God speaking to us. So many times in my life, it seems as if God has led me to the right verse at the right time, the right story at the right time, and completely puts my heart at peace. And this is just God saying, I've ordered your steps. Just like Jesus in Luke chapter four, when he walked in and it was given to him the book of Isaiah, and it was the right day, the right time for him to read the verse that would speak about himself, that would say, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. This day, this verse is fulfilled in your ear. That's the same way you're gonna read your Bible at times, where the right word, the right time, the right story at the right time will hit you. And that's God speaking a living rhema word to you right now. Amen. But God will use other avenues. And I just felt, I don't know that I'll be able to talk about all of them today, but I wanted to remind you because I feel like God is awakening this in this house. So now let me move away from, not away from the word, but just focusing on that as one way that God leads you, the best way, the first way. That's the measuring stick of everything else. But in Acts chapter two, I don't think it's, a um, coincidence that when the Holy Spirit is poured out, the Bible talks about dreams and visions awakening. Dreams and visions awakening. Would you write in your notes, dreams and visions? Dreams and visions. I don't know if you believe it or not, but God speaks to you in dreams and visions. And I think we've gotten away from some of that. Probably because we've had enough people in our life that had a dream of a unicorn and a rainbow riding on a giant skittle. And we're like, that's not God. And we've been disappointed by the, the, the counterfeit. Our Bible, our Bible is filled with God speaking to mankind through dreams and visions. There are some of you here today I'm, speak, I'm saying this because I've met you. This is not me like 
evangelistically speaking. This is real conversation I've had with multiple people in the lobby where God gave you a dream or vision to move to Orlando. Has anyone in the room had a dream or vision to move to Orlando? Raise your hand if that's you. Would you look at all that? That's amazing. God is awakening the dream realm. God is awakening the vision realm. And we have to start expecting it. Because when you have one and it stays with you, it's important you write it down. The dream that brought my wife and I here, Maria and I here, like three years ago, when I was reading the very first of the year, 2019, God brought me through Matthew chapters one, two, and three, and he showed me how many times he moved Joseph through dreams. I was not expecting I was gonna have a dream. It was in January that he spoke to me in my devotions. Remember the word goes first? And what I saw in that was when God speaks to you through a dream, that he has immediate decisive action that he expects. So it's not just a dream to make you feel good, it's a dream to give you direction, it's a dream to move you into the next season, it's a dream to help get you over or through. There's a reason for the dream. It's not just about, oh, I had a God dream. Are you understanding this? Let's look in your Bibles real quick. Just some things, just some scripture that you can have. These are in your notes I gave you. Um, God moved Joseph, Matthew chapter one, verse 20. Uh, Matthew chapter two, verse 12. God spoke to the Magi or the wise men in chapter, Matthew chapter two, verse 13. And it was all about protection. It was all about moving them away from some onslaught or attack of the enemy. It was God positioning them, but they still had to do it. God gave them a dream, don't go this way, go this way, but they still had to do it. I'm telling you, if God is speaking to you in dreams, you need to obey. You need to do what he's saying. Dreams and visions. Dreams and visions. In the Old Testament, Genesis chapter three, verse five, Joseph, the Old Testament Joseph, has a dream. And he sees himself in his future version of what God's going to do. But he doesn't have full clarity in it. And I wanna encourage some of you that have had a dream from God, that God speaks the end from the beginning. Hear what I just said. This is the wisdom of God. You might say, well, I would prefer him speak the beginning and give me step one, two, three, four, but that's not his way. He speaks the end of a thing. And he tells you way over here. And then you're gonna have to trust him and keep leaning on his voice throughout all this and know that what he promised is going to come to pass in its fullness. I wanna encourage you, I wanna encourage you. you. A bunch of you raised your hands that I had a God dream, I had a God vision and you might be right in the middle where Joseph was and he was sitting in a prison or he was sitting in a pit. But you know what, God did give him a dream. God did give him a vision. Hearing from God doesn't mean it's like roses and tulips all the way down the line. And I've kind of found this. Sometimes the more vivid the dream, sometimes the bigger the dream, sometimes I wonder if God doesn't give us that because there's gonna be a lot of challenge in between and we're gonna need that dream to keep us on course 
But the, the vision, the dream is for an appointed time. Though it tarry, the Bible says, wait for it. Are you, are you receiving this today? I'm telling you, don't be surprised, and I'm trying to awaken an expectation in you that God is about to start speaking. He has been speaking. I'm trying to help you identify ways he's speaking. Some of you are about to have a dream, or you've already had a dream, and you didn't know what to do with it. Obey. Take what you heard in that dream, or you saw in that vision, and go bring it to the word. If there's anything in your dream that's telling you to do something that's anti the word, don't do it. That's not God. But you can also take that dream to trusted counselors. The Bible says there's safety in many counselors. But let me say something. Opinions, people with opinions don't necessarily qualify as counselors. So let me, let me give you for instance. Don't take your dream to Facebook and wait for the comments. <laughs> Don't take your dream to Facebook. <laughs> Counselors are people with wisdom. Yeah, that's right. People that you can see that they've heard from God. They've, they've done this and they qualify to be a counselor. Take your dream to people with proper counsel. You don't have to just go out on it, right? There may be some other wisdom. And it's okay to wait on God and let him continue to open that up too. But don't wait in rebellion, don't wait in fear, wait for clarity. It's a different posture. God is about to give some of you dreams and some of you visions. Those are external ways that God speaks to us. The visions, Acts chapter 10, Peter had a vision where a blanket was brought down out of heaven and God was asking Peter to do something that was against his religious paradigm. And Peter was awake and he, God began to show him something awake. Some versions say he went into a trance. Please don't get all like creepy new agey on that. This is a God thing. Peter was tired. He was up on top of this house and he saw this blanket and this, this vision happened like three times. And he saw these reptiles and different forbidden foods and God told him, eat something, eat this. And Peter said, I would never do that. No way, I would, I, that's wrong. And God is saying, don't call something unclean that I'm calling clean. And God was changing his perspective, teaching him because of his religious paradigm to prepare him to get him ready to minister to the Gentiles. And so some of your visions that you don't totally understand, ask the Holy Spirit's help, bring them to counselors. God may be shaping and changing some things, some improper belief systems. He may be preparing you because you're about to interact with someone that's out of your paradigm to do something that you might've thought wasn't the thing to do in the past. Let me give you a for instance in this. When we were transitioning here, God first gave me a dream, but then he gave me Acts chapter 10 about Peter. And I felt so guilty with the idea of disconnecting from the local church that I had built over 16 years. I felt unfaithful in the idea of leaving. So God began to prepare me for the dream by interpreting the dream and giving me more information and clarity through the vision. 
And then he brought me to Israel out of nowhere. I've never been to Israel. He brought me to Israel the first day there, took me to the house where Peter had this dream or had this vision. And I'm like, okay, God, what are you trying to say? And he was saying this, I am changing your paradigm, Kevin. And I'm giving you this connection to the vision of Peter, to the vision and and experience Peter had, because I'm trying to get you to do something that you're fighting me on. In trying to do the right thing, you're about to do the wrong thing. And so God begins, but here's what I want you to see in all this, through the word, through dreams, through visions. Today, I won't even have time to talk to you about the word of prophecy, the word of wisdom, word of knowledge. We'll probably get into that in the next few weeks, but listen to me. Here's what I want you to see out of all this. God is so wanting to lead you. Hear that. That this God of the universe cares about me this much. This God of the universe is so involved that he's going to give me his written word that he's, that he's guided and protected over the centuries to make sure it ends up into my hand so that I can be led through the word. Yes, he loves you that much. And he's going to fill you with his Holy Spirit so that his voice is right here resident on the inside so that he can lead you and guide you through an inner voice and an inner witness. Then you could test it to the word and, and you can feel the prompting of God. You can follow the peace of God. So many things that I didn't get a chance to tell you today but then he's going to be speaking to you in dreams and visions. Why? Because maybe you're missing it on the inside. You're not listening while you're awake. So while you're asleep and your flesh is asleep, he can begin to show you something that is greater, bigger than you could ever ask, think, or imagine that your brain couldn't even go there because it's so far out of your paradigm. But that's how much your God is for you. He's trying to get you into your destiny. He's trying to build something greater. He's trying to build a kingdom out of you. You're wanting a little thimble. He's trying to give you an ocean of his vision and of his kingdom. And so he has so many ways to connect to you. He's giving you dreams or visions while you're awake. And praise God, you're not getting in a car accident because your brain's going one way and you're still driving the car and you're seeing the plan of God on your life. And praise God for everybody else who's safe. Maybe God's driving the car through you. Jesus, take the wheel. You know what I'm saying? Because while you're driving, he's speaking to you. He's answering questions for you. Your God loves you. He's a communicating God. He is for you. He's not against you. He's trying to help you succeed. Are you understanding this? Can you celebrate him? for how much that he wants to communicate and lead and guide and direct. Amen. What you have to accomplish is important. What you have to do is key to this generation. He's not just leaving it to chance. Amen. And I want to break this this filter that thinks it's just every once in a while God speaks or every once in a while God communicates to to some special people. We are all special people. We are all called. We all have ministry. We all have the unction of the spirit. Amen. Go ahead and stand. Let's close in a word of prayer in this. I'm gonna pray over you about the few things I was able to kind of bring out. Just just put our hands over our heart, would you please? Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus, right now. We thank you. God, I just thank you right now. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you for the voice of God being returned to our life. Thank you for the leading and the guiding of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Father, right now I begin to pray that we begin to honor that word of God and elevate it to the highest level, that we will be diligent 
in putting that word, hiding it in our hearts that we might not sin against you, hiding it in our hearts so that you can pull it and remind us of it in the appropriate and key times. God, we thank you for your word. And we, and we, we, we make a commitment that if any emotion, if any thought, if any prophecy, if any dream or vision comes to us that contradicts that word, God, we declare, let God be true and everything else a lie. God, we will not violate your word. Lord, we thank you. But Lord, I thank you right now for the awakening of dreams and visions in this room. God, I thank you for the awakening of the Spirit of God speaking into the hearts of the family of God in this house in Jesus' name. God, they are not alone. They are sons and daughters of God. They are meant for communing with God, communicating with God. We have been restored back to the garden. We have been restored back into the image of God. We have been restored in back into fellowship in Jesus' name. So God, I thank you that they are not on their own raising their kids. They are not on their own building businesses. They are not on their own in this earth, but they are being led. The sons and daughters of God are led by the Spirit of God. That is not an optional thing. That is not for a small few. I am led by the Spirit of God. They are led by the Spirit of God. And the Spirit of truth prevails in this room and in this church and in our lives. God, I thank you right now that they are not deceivable. I thank you in Jesus' name that they have a discerning of spirits on a high level. God, as they do business in the earth, as they engage with human beings. God, as they are driving or watching something on television, hearing it on the radio, I thank you that the spirit of truth guides them into all truth in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And God, if you begin, and as you begin to release dreams and visions, God, I ask for confirmations. Lord, I ask for clarity. Lord, I ask that those things don't cause confusion. But Lord, they begin to answer questions. They begin to shape the future. That God, they begin to give them divine direction. But God, I thank you that your word leads us first. We continue to go back to that. But I do believe that you're stirring up these gifts. You're stirring up these gifts because there are greater works. There are greater things that need to be deposited into them. There are things that God, our limited mind have not been able to conceive. You have to drop them in. You have to just deposit them in full vision. And God, I thank you. It's time that we stop just looking in this one moment in time. Church, I'm praying this on purpose. I'm not done with you. Engage with me right now. God, I thank you that we are not going to get stuck in this one little dot of time called COVID or this one little dot of time about some inflation issues or concerns. God, we're not gonna get caught in some narrative of the world trying to get us to focus on this one thing. God, I thank you that you speak to us about five years from now, 10 years from now, 100 years from now. God, we are the church. We build the future in this world. We're not giving it over to the devil. God, we, be, we invest in times of famine. God, we do things that are different than the natural mind would conceive because we are led by the spirit of God, not by the spirit of fear in Jesus' name. Father, right now, I just continue to pray for this body, for this house, that God, you begin to show us things to come and we can prepare for those things to come and we can sow towards those things that need to come. God, I thank you. We will not be, our, our vision and our eyes will not be limited to what the world offers us. We see further. We see farther. We speak and are led from the future, not from the present reality in Jesus' name. God, we are led by the Spirit of God in this house. And we give you the praise and the thanks in Jesus' name. If you receive that church, give God a great celebration, would you please? 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your care and your love. Hallelujah. You may not understand everything I just prayed, but watch, God's gonna show it to you. Amen. There's too many people caught in a moment of time and God is trying to get a future into this world and it needs to come through the body of Christ, not through the kingdom of the darkness. Amen. Praise God. All right. I think I feel, I feel like I've accomplished what I need to accomplish today. Altar team, why don't you come forward? Let me do this. Uh, if you, let me just give you an opportunity to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you would, please. This, all that we're talking about is God's sons and daughters. Isn't that amazing? We're sinners, we're lost, and God wants to bring you into his family. He wants to make you his child. He wants to speak to you. He wants to lead you. He wants to guide you. The Bible tells us that all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The wages of our sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ the Lord. And I love this one. The Bible says, all who will call on the name of the Lord will be what? Saved. Saved into the family of God. Sons and daughters of God. And so today we wanna to give you an opportunity to call on the name of the Lord to save you. If you would just give us a few minutes, bow your heads and close your eyes, would you please? Say, Pastor Kevin, I am ready. I'm ready to give my life to Jesus. I'm ready to make Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of my life. I wanna be a part of the family of God. You might say, I've never, I don't remember a time in my life that I prayed a prayer to ask Jesus to be my Savior, for God to be my God. Let's do that today. Or you might say, you know, I used to have a relationship with God, but I've walked away and I'd like to return. I'd like to recommit myself to him today. If that's you, then let's pray. I'm gonna to count to three. And when I count to three, I just want you to simply raise your hand right where you are as an acknowledgement that you wanna give your life to Jesus and call on him to save you and forgive you of sin and to bring you into his family. Everyone's heads bows and eyes are closed except mine. This is between you and God, but as an act of faith, you say, I wanna commit my life to Jesus today. When I count to three, just raise your hand. Ready? One, two, three. If that's you, would you raise your hand today? There's one hand right there. Anybody else? Just pop your hand up. I wanna catch you today so we can agree with you in prayer. There's a second hand over there. Awesome. Yep, I see you back there. Anybody else? Just pop your hand up wherever you are today. We wanna to make sure, call on the name of the Lord that you might be saved today. Anybody else today? We got two at least. Praise God. Three, thank you. Awesome, praise God for that. All right, church, let's pray together, would you please? Those that raised their hands, and maybe those who even didn't, or those watching online, would you pray this prayer with me and with them? Dear God, I thank you that you see me just as I am. I realize that I have sinned and I've walked away from you. I receive Jesus Christ today as my Lord and Savior. Please forgive me of my sins, wash me, cleanse me, make me new. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Take every part of me now. Be my God. Thank you for saving me into your family. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Would you celebrate those like three or four that we saw? Praise God. Thank you for listening. We hope you've been blessed by the ministry of Calvary Orlando. We invite you to join us in person at Calvary Orlando for one of our Sunday morning worship experiences each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. 
To find out more about Calvary, please visit our website at calvaryorlando.org. Here you can find our latest events and ministry opportunities. Thanks for listening, and God bless.